We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jared, where are you at on your, um, your best ball addiction right now? What are, what are we? Uh, how many are you doing a year at this point? Uh, I'll, I'll probably get up to close to a hundred, maybe. Yeah. Probably, and what do you do? You probably, like the enclosed leagues, or do you try to go for the uh, the best I'm ball do, mania? I'm doing more drafters. They're they're a big one this year, which mm-hmm. is you know just just straight total points through 17 weeks. Right. Which okay. So, take, but they're an enclosed. Is there an overall prize component to those, or is there a 12 team? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's a big you know tournament. I don't know how many. It's not nearly as big as uh, best ball mania. Right, but, and then um, what's their what's their like um, their sort of featured thing? Is it Superflex? Like, what is their thing? I forget. No, nope, it's uh, it's it's full PPR, start three wideouts, one quarterback. It's pretty, you know pretty standard. Yeah, so I I think nowadays, remember when you used to say like, oh, you're doing fifty drafts, what a nuts! I think like fifty now. Like if you do fifty, like. <laughs> You're just like a chump. Like you need to get to triple digits to be taken seriously. But the exactly. the reason I like doing a lot of uh, best ball drafts, and I know this is uh, why you do it too, is like not only is it fun, you can win some money, but it really is the best way to find to to really predict the market and understand ADP yeah. for our real seasonal drafts. Yeah, I mean you got to keep your finger finger on the pulse, right? And like back in the day, you could do the mock drafts, but now it's just it doesn't. You know, it's not not nearly as valuable as drafting against people that you know have have money on the line yeah do you remember mock draft central um yes fantasy football calculator is what i used to mock draft on like 15 years ago Mm -hmm. well the mock draft central i just found out that uh peter shanky of rotowire he said that rotowire bought it like you know in it's not for much but like for in its peak and then obviously the advent of best ball it just kind of went away. So I remember I used yeah. to uh, sign up for Mock Draft Central. But the reason I <laughs> want to talk to you today is because you're doing all these best balls. Is I, I you know, you are one of the the world's most accurate rankers, Jared Smola of Draft Shark. So I think that you're the perfect person to predict players that are not going to maintain the same value as then when most people are drafting during Labor Day. So if we could avoid those guys right now, I think that this is going to be a really valuable uh, session for them. Um, who's the who, who's somebody that just right off the bat, so obvious to you that they're going in the top 50 picks, but it's like, don't even bother because you're going to get them in like the 8th or 10th or 12th round, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I don't know if I have anyone that's going to drop that much. Um, if you if you do, I, I would love to hear it. But um, Exaggeration yeah, for I'm, clarification, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, let's start with Josh Jacobs. So, you know, I know you made the... Uh, cover boy for this show um and man even, even before all the whole lot stuff i just kind of had bad vibes on jacobs and i got i guess the raiders in general um you know they the jimmy garoppolo stuff has been weird with with his injury i think he's gonna be ready for week one but we'll see if he you know misses camp time because that that would hurt as he you know tries to settle into a new offense Devonta adams doesn't seem happy happy with uh, you know the situation in Vegas. I think the O line is an issue. I, I thought it. I thought the O line overachieved last year, but I look at it on paper and it doesn't look like a good unit to me. So just kind of avoiding the Raiders in general. And then you know Jacobs more specifically. Again, we have the holdout stuff. I don't think he's gonna actually sit out games, but I don't like when guys sit out off training camp and preseason and then you know come in week one and you know try to handle these big workloads i think that oftentimes leads to injuries 
Um, I'm worried about the, just the massive workload he's coming off, right? I mean, 340 carries last year. We don't, we don't see that very often anymore, but I, I don't know if you remember way back in the day, there was like, it was, I think it was like the curse of 320 or the curse of 350. There was something where like running backs coming off these big workload seasons tended to bust the next year. I, I looked into this for Jacobs. There were five guys, five running backs who carried 300 plus times between 2013 and 2021 and then played the next season three of those five missed six plus games with injury the following year all five of them dropped in yards per carry by at least a full yard the next season huge drop and then three of the five dropped in ppr points per game by over eight points per game so just you know massive drops in in you know both games played and per game production for these guys yeah, with Josh Jacobs, the case for taking him was, okay, he's still kind of young, and he's earmarked for a, a nice workload, but based on what you said, it's like if you're drafting him now, he's in the third round, where do you predict that he'll drop to? Do you think the fourth? Do you think the fifth? Like, what's your prediction? Yeah, that's like where I'd be comfortable taking him, right? Like, in the fourth round, fifth round, I think he'd be worth the risk. Um, I, I think I think he should get there. Whether he does, I'm not sure. Um but I think that's kind of where he belongs. All right. So let's just say he does have that type of a fall. Let's get, you know, if you're on the clock and you've gone receiver, receiver, tight end, or some combination, you know, and you're ready to take a running back in the late fourth, you're, you're on that like four or five spin and you're looking at yep. players like Jacobs or Damian Pierce and you need a running back. Is, is Jacobs worth the upside yep. there? Or you still want someone as quote safe as Damian Pierce? No, I think that, you know, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, that type of tier is where where I would take Jacobs. Like I think um, guys like Najee Harris, who I, I think you know, just feels safer at this point with with the locked in workload. I think Travis Etienne, like those types, I would I would push ahead of Jacobs. But once you get into that Pierce range, I think you just have to gamble on Jacobs because I mean, in 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 his defense, the Raiders have not added anything else to the backfield. Like I, I think they want to ride him for at least one more year. Right. Why wouldn't you? Right. It's like I always make the comparison is when when I get a rental car, I'm not that kind to the rental car. I'm, I'm not like a <laughs> exactly. total, total a-hole. But, you know, maybe I, you know, skid the tires a little bit. Maybe I put a little extra on the turn. So, yeah, I mean, when you own the car, you're a little bit more careful with it. But when you know it's a one year rental, maybe you're going to put a few more. By the way, those the the rental car we want rental cars right we want players that are running backs going in the top 50 that we know they're gonna quote run them into the ground that's good for fantasy football bad for uh humanity but uh we make no judgments here because we just want to win our leagues jared smola um the a player i mean you know let's it's kind of obvious that Traylon burks is going to fall with the with the addition of deandre hopkins but before we get into burks falling I, I'm curious to what you believe is the DeAndre Hopkins fantasy fallout because I was on Sirius Radio when it happened, when it broke, and my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, this is great. Like, here we go, 150 targets. Like, lock, let's go. You know, eight targets a game, nine targets a game. The quality of the targets, that's why I'm I'm checking in with you here. So give me your – if DeAndre Hopkins is going to settle into a mid-fourth-round pick – is this should fantasy managers and drafters be interested? I actually have Hopkins as a guy on my list here who I think um, should should fall from where he's been going. I, I don't I don't love the landing spot in Tennessee. It's really a pass volume thing, right? I mean, new offensive new offensive coordinator in Tennessee with with Tim Kelly, um, but I just think you know Vrabel is not going to let this be a you know, even balanced offense in terms of pass. I think they're going to continue to be a run heavy offense. And I, I like Trey Lombergs to take a nice step forward in his second year. I think Chicka Conquo can take a step forward in his second year. Not, that's not to say DeAndre Hopkins won't be this team's leader in targets. I think he will be, but you talk about, you know, that type of target competition, the fact that he's 31 years old, um, Hopkins set uh, career, career low in yards per catch. Last year, his 7.5 yards per target was the second worst mark of his career. Like, I, I don't think the guy's done, but I think it's pretty safe to say he, he's declining at this point of his career. So um, I, I don't think he's going to be a total disaster in fantasy, but I'm, I'm just not interested in him at his price right now. So what would be, like, just give me a typical DeAndre Hopkins line. They're playing just an average NFL team. Is he an 8 <laughs> for 80? Is he a 5 for 75? I mean, what, give me the line that you think we should yeah. expect week in, week out when we're drafting him. 
Yeah, five, five for 70, that type of line, I think, is is kind of what you're, the baseline for him. I don't think you're going to get a ton of eight-catch games just because, again, I don't think there's going to be the pass volume there in general. And then I don't think I don't think he's going to be a 30% target share guy this year. I think, you know, 25% is, is kind of where I have him projected right now. If you are drafting DeAndre Hopkins, who do you want to be the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans? Do you want that to be uh, stick with Tannehill? I mean, we don't want Malik Willis. Do you want him to go to Will Levis and see what you have here? What's the answer there? I think I think Tannehill for sure. Um, he he was still solid last year. I have tons of questions on, on Levis, um, so I think you want it to be Tannehill. And I do think the move to sign Hopkins was kind of a you know a signal that the Titans do still want to win this year. They're not you know tanking this year. Um, so I, I think you know that that's a mark in favor of Hopkins and all these Titans really. Um, I, I do think Tannehill will be the guy until and unless they're like, you know, totally out of it late in the season. I reject that teams even contemplate tanking before the season starts. I I think that, you know, I mean, if you're a new, like take Arizona, everyone believes they're tanking to get, you know, Caleb Williams, but the new coach, new GM, they're not coming in thinking they're losing. Like everyone's like, oh, they'll be forgiven for losing. But do you remember that the Bengals, when they won one game in two years, like that counted against the coaching staff. So they're going to do everything they can to win because you never know. And if they're three and two for some reason, and even if it's fluky, the coaches start to believe. So, yeah, I mean, and Mike Vrabel, I mean, they had a team that a couple years ago that we thought wasn't even a fr- maybe a fringe playoff team, and they were the one seed. Now, they were kind of a frugazy one seed, but yep. nonetheless, I mean, this is how, you know, if, if you when you're playing, you know, pickup basketball or just a flag football game, you're not tanking like you're you're trying so hard to win imagine when there's millions yeah. of people watching and all that kind of stuff there uh yeah tanking tanking tanking's probably the wrong word honestly like with the titans in in, in particular i i guess it's more that you know halfway through the season if they're you know four and six or whatever they just take a look at will levis not saying they're not trying to win but they're more willing right. to you know, see what they have in someone like Lewis. I think I think the Colts are an interesting example this year too. Not to get too far off topic, but um, you know, the Colts. Everything I've read from you know their front office and coaching staff, it's like their priority this season is just getting Anthony Richardson on the field and getting him reps more so than like trying to win games. Because I feel like they're saying like, uh, okay, you know, Gardner Minshew probably gives us a better chance to win, but you know, we know we got to get Richardson out there if we're going to start to develop him. Yeah, I mean, and there's also a difference between taking, and that's a really good point that you made there. There's a difference between taking a player in the top five, a quarterback, and someone that fell to the second round. Uh, you know, I, the teams just think of it differently, right? You have yeah. to get your first round pick to be an immediate impact player. You know, just not to stray too far off of our predicting 10 players who are going to plummet down draft boards, but what week does Anthony Richardson start? What is your prediction? I think I'd say he's like 50 50 to start week one. And I think by the end of September, he'll be in there. Yeah, I would say in my prediction is week one, lock it in, or by the second half of game one, because <laughs> do you remember the Deshaun Watson and Tom Savage? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, what? it's like, how many things have yeah. you learned, Jared, by just watching? I watch when I do. I mean, I learn when I do, and that's the For only sure. way. And, yeah. you know, Anthony Richardson, it would be fun just to watch him running around out there. Are you uh, aggressively drafting Richardson in the eighth round um, in some of your best ball drafts? Yeah, I mean, I'm forcing myself to get shares. I mean, I yeah. think the price is pretty aggressive, but it's not crazy. So, like, he, I, I, he's he's a bit lower in my rankings than he is in ADP, but you do definitely want to get some pieces of Richardson if you're doing a bunch of these basketball drafts. Right, it's like the Cam Newton from his rookie year, right? He was, like, yeah. undrafted in most 16-round leagues and sometimes even stayed on the waiver wire for an additional week because at that time we didn't have the mentality pick up the running quarterback. Yeah, fantasy drafters are so much smarter now than they were even <laughs> five years ago. You know, we make the joke all the time, you know, Jim in accounting, man. He If he just follows ADP, man, he'll have a good draft. If he just follows yeah. the draft sharks or rotowire waiver wire column, he'll be competitive. And then it's just injury luck. Who else you, um, when you're looking at drafts right now, is pretty obvious to you they're going to fall a few rounds? Let's talk about, like, the guy I'm fading heaviest right now and I think should drop an ADP. We'll see if he does. But George Kittle, I, mm. I just, I have, like, no... George Kittle, which is a little scary. I get the argument for him in best ball is that he does still have the spike weeks. Jared, you know who's better in best ball? Every single player. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. (laughs) It's easy when you just get their best games. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think Kittle has more value in a best ball than he does once we get into more lineup setting drafts. But um, man, he he had a nice fantasy season last year. He finished third among tight ends in total PPR points, but that was 
like largely fueled by his 11 touchdowns. That was easily a career high for Kittle. He, he had an 18.3% touchdown rate last year. That's like, that's more than double the league wide average for tight ends. It's more than triple Kittle's average coming into last season. He'd only scored on 6% of his catches over his first five NFL seasons outside of the touchdowns. His catches and yards per game last year, the fewest since his 2017 rookie season. His target share was his lowest since his 2017 rookie season. Also posted his lowest marks in PFF receiving grade and yards per route run since his rookie season. He turns 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's I think it's next month or maybe September he turns 30. So I, d- I just think he's a declining player on a run-leaning offense with the toughest car- target top- competition he's going to have of his career now with uh, McCaffrey there for the entire season. I'll ask you that same question that I did about Tennessee. If you were uh, George Kittle or any of these pass catchers, who do you want to be the quarterback? Let's not say if this guy's healthy, just of what they have right now. They have Darnold, they have Trey Lance, they have Brock Purdy. Which one's the best for the receiving options? I mean, you don't want it to be Lance because if it's Lance, they go even run heavier. Um, you know, so, so Purdy or Darnold, I think you, know, you probably got to lean Purdy just for what he did over you know the, the eight games last season versus what Darnold's been in his career. But really, anyone but Lance for the pass catchers is, I think, what you're looking for. All right. So I, I like what you said about Kittle and maybe avoiding him because there's that's just not how I construct my tight end teams, well, where he goes in like the fifth or sixth round or whatever it is. Well, actually, let me give you a quick either or. Darren Waller or George Kittle for fantasy football? Yeah, I have Waller over Kittle straight up. Okay. And Waller is available well, like a round or two later. All right. So, but you see that the market... Uh, you're you're telling people to fade him, but do you think Kittle's going to drop, or is his name brand going to buoy him in the ADP? I think it's going to buoy him a bit. I could like Waller's already been buzzy in, in uh in, you know for the Giants this spring. I think yeah. that continuing training camp, I wouldn't be surprised if he climbs a little bit. I think Dallas Goddard should climb a little bit. So I think I think you could see Kittle fall, you know, a spot or two right. among the tight ends. And that's huge in that range right there. You know, we we just kind of hit on it that you're not going to take Kittle one because you don't like the player. Um, given his price, I, I always uh, am fascinated by the how people handle tight ends. Let's say in your most important single bullet draft here, meaning like you're in a $500 league, real money. And how are you going to play tight end? And I guess I know it depends on where you draft, but I guess really what I'm saying is if you're in the middle of the first round, are you going to take Travis Kelsey? Do you not like how your teams, what do you think is the optimal way in 2023 to handle the tight end position? Yeah, Kittle's more of a, end of round one target for me if he gets Kelsey Kelsey Um, yeah sorry Kelsey more of an end of round one target for me so I don't have a ton of him um I I I love David Njoku I'm I'm just I'm big on the Browns passing game in general this season I think Njoku is going to be a big part of that so you know he's available seventh eighth round a lot of times I like targeting him if I don't get him I like the um Greg Dalsich, Chigokonko range. If you're, you're kind of, you know, not punting the position, but waiting, you can get one of those guys in the double digit rounds. Usually, I think they, you know they're two of my favorite breakout tight end plays this year. Chig, talk about players that are tumbling down the boards. I mean, I had to get Chig in the best balls around round ten. I got him in round twelve, yep. and nobody was fighting me for him there. So, still in on Chig, given that the price is probably now round twelve, thirteen. Yeah, still on Chig. I mean, if you if you sit down and look at the Titans, I mean, it's it's Hopkins, Burks, and Chig. Like he he's right. gonna be the third option in that passing game. So I think there's still enough for him. And tight end, you don't need a huge volume to pass at tight end, right? It's more of a you know, touchdown position for starters. And Oconco is a guy that has shown at least so far in his brief career that he he can make big plays. Ramadre Stevenson feels like a guy that might start plummeting down draft boards right now for a couple reasons. Um, Ramondre, I mean, the days of round two, Ramondre are over, but he's still he's still locked into the middle of round three here. So, do you predict that Ramondre might be one of the players uh, falling, and if so, where to? And kind of game out some of the scenarios yeah. that could happen with some of the free agents, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think Leonard Fournette would probably be the worst case scenario worst. for Stevenson because because yeah, we know the, the pass catching stuff is worth. More than more than rushing production in, in fantasy for these running backs, we want Stevenson to hang on to that pass catching role. And, you know, that's something Fournette has done throughout his career. So I think he'd be the one that would you know cut into Stevenson's uh, pass catching role. All right. Uh, before we go any further, we're going to talk about with Jared our ten players that are plummeting 
down draft boards that we predict. So be careful about drafting these guys because when you draft in for your, your seasonal league in the end of August or beginning of September, you might be able to get a better deal on them. But just want to let everybody know that the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Circa Sports. Have you been out to Circa Las Vegas, Jared? I have not. I would love yeah. to, though. Yeah, we, we go there for the Rotowire trip, and they're running a contest right now. So just go to CircaLasVegas.com and or click the links in the video description or audio description and you could enter for free your 12 team league and jared so do i've told all my league mates to do this right because i can't personally enter but i could have anyone i want enter. and then there you get out to vegas you have to fly yourself out there but they pick you up limo from the airport they give you the uh like an eight thousand dollar prize package a whole cabana at stadium swim they set up a nice draft for you they give you the treatment i mean it's it's unbelievable so if you want to have your draft out in las vegas Go to CircaLasVegas.com, link in the video or audio description, and you can uh, you can have that out there. I'm in 40 managed leagues at this point. Don't judge me, please. Don't judge. Oh uh, yeah, I see judging going on over there. Don't. I, judge I just me. feel bad. I feel a little bad for you. <laughs> I'm not trying to turn them into best balls. <laughs> but, yeah, so you could do your uh, your leagues. Over there. And so that's what I'm telling people. Uh, unless it's best ball, I almost uh, don't talk to me anymore, right? Because it just it's complete hell. It's complete hell. All right. <laughs> Back to something that is not hellish is predicting 10 players that are going to plummet down draft boards by the time you're drafting in Labor Day. So be careful. You don't maybe not want to draft them now if you're doing some best ball. Jared, who's another player that you see tumbling down the draft board? Yeah, well, kind of in that Ramondre Stevenson bucket, I think we got to talk about Tony Pollard, right? Because he, he's a guy I definitely I, I want to draft, and I, I have been drafting because I'm not sure Dallas is going to end. I feel like they have to add something else. Did you see the really note go- that said they were not going to add Zeke unless there was an injury? I don't know how uh, there was a, some. I don't know what it was. If it was a report, a rumor, but it it did pop up on one of my notifications. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like they do talk, talk is cheap you know, when it comes to that type of stuff. But I mean, what Malik Davis, Ronald Jones, and, and Deuce Vaughn? Like, can they really go into the season as a team that's you know trying to win a Super Bowl this year with, with you know that behind Tony Pollard, who as much as I love him, you know has not handled a, a you know feature workload for an entire season yet. So I think if Dallas didn't add anything though, that I'd be taking, I'd be willing to take Pollard in like mid round two. So the fact that you can still get him late round two, sometimes even into round three, that, you know, that's why I'm still taking him, even though I think there is some risk that they do bring Zeke back or add something else to the backfield. And what's interesting about the Pollard, you know, uh, I guess helium where he's going up is that people are discounting that if he gets those Zeke carries, which makes him like a complete work uh, workhorse, he's going to he's going to suffer some injuries. Right. I mean, the Zeke superpower was he never got hurt or very rarely got hurt. He was able to absorb and still had what, 12 touchdowns last year, Zeke. So, yeah, I could see the upside, but you're predicting that. Dallas does add Zeke or Kareem Hunt or one of you know even Melvin Gordon, and that plummets Pollard into the third round. I think there's a chance, and um, but again, if they if they did and he does go into round three or you know even into round four, I doubt he gets that far. But if he gets into round three, even with a Zeke there, he'd still be a guy I'd be willing to draft. If you have to tell drafters what the better running back value is right now, is it Pollard in the the end of round two or is it? Uh, Najee Harris in the middle to the end of round three. Who's the better value? I'd go Pollard despite the risk. I, okay. I think Pollard has a chance to be a top five fantasy back this year. I mean, you I could easily see RB1, right? Overall, there is no real yeah. RB1 this year. So that right. could, yeah. I mean, not name Bijan, of course. I, I, you know what? <laughs> Let me ask you about the Bijan Robinson <laughs> thing because I don't, I, yeah. I, I did it like half jokingly, but half like, I would take Bijan Robinson as the first running back off the board, not because I feel like he's, you know, I, I understand the risk, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. we you've heard it spoken about that Barkley was RB one his rookie year, Zeke was like a yep. top three running back. Where are you at on? Are you okay as uh, Bijan? I mean, is that a totally off the wall take there? I don't think so. I thought it was kind of chalk, no. but then I found out that you know people are scared to move him past Eckler or or McCaffrey. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's not. My RB1, I don't think it's a crazy take, though, and I, I okay. do think, you know, Bijan's fairly priced at the back half of round one. Um, I mean, McCaffrey and Eckler are both at ages where we typically start to worry about running backs, right? 
Um, now they're both helped by the fact that they do a lot of their, their work in the passing game. And, you know, that type of work doesn't lead to injuries as much as, you know, the, the between the tackles stuff does. But, you know, I think there's definitely a risk on both McCaffrey and Eckler. It's a different type of risk than, than there is on Bijan, but there's definitely a risk on all these guys. Um, I, w- I wish Bijan had gone somewhere where I was more optimistic about his pass catching upside because I just, you know, he's going to get a ton of work on the ground, which is awesome. Um, but I just I don't know how much work he's going to get in the passing like, game. Like for example, if he was if he was drafted to Tennessee and Derrick Henry was traded, you would feel better about Bijan as like does Ta- if does Tannehill drop off to the running back? Um, or not I, so I mean the, the the yeah I mean that's that, that that's a similar landing spot honestly right because it's another run heavy offense. Um, so it kind of would have been. I mean the nice thing about Atlanta is that running game was so good last year with you know Tyler Algier and, and Patterson and you know these these, you know, at league average type running back. So, you know, the, the scheme Arthur Smith is running up there is definitely working. So, I mean, Robinson's rushing upside is, is massive. Somebody asked me on Twitter, they said, well, what if Bijan Robinson, because, I, you know, I've been shooting my mouth off on Twitter saying just after Justin Jefferson's off the board, take Bijan Robinson now. I, I mean it. I'm in an NFC draft coming up uh, in a week or so. And if I if land the number two pick, I'm taking him. Like, I'm, I'm doing it. And, uh, you know, I understand that, you know, Chase, I, I what do you, more is that the roster construction was, I like the receivers to come back. I don't like the running backs to come back. Mm. And it's just so easy. I mean, I'm trying not to overthink it, Jared. I mean, it's top eight draft capital, yep. um, elite prospect profile, Arthur Smith, who's already has a history of, of feeding and feeding. And then, you know, a common pushback is Tyler Algier. He, he's there. He had a thousand yards. And then I say, exactly, he had a thousand <laughs> yeah. yards. The emphasis yeah. on the he. So um, you're taking him. Like, give me all the players that you would definitely take ahead of Bijan in a redraft. Jefferson, Chase, Cup. I think I would still take Tyreek, even with the off-field stuff. That's four. Um, and then, and then, ge- you know, generally speaking, I am taking McCaffrey and Eckler over Bijan. Okay, so that's, seven, seven that's is chalk for you. Yep. Seven. Okay, you would take you would take him ahead of Travis Kelsey. Yes, Jonathan yes. Taylor. Then, but I would take him ahead of Taylor. Barkley okay. is the one where if the if you know he, he shows up and the contract stuffs behind him, I would I push Barkley ahead of Bijan too. But he you know they're they're in the same tier there. All right, I'm trying to think who else goes in the first round. Yeah, not going to take him ahead of CD Lamb. You're going to push behind him. What do you? And I see AJ Brown now going in the first round. That feels. Yeah. I understand that's. I just rather have Devontae Smith in the second. They weren't that far apart last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Smith, you can even get in the third sometimes, right? Um, if you're on the two, three, two, right. If you yeah. if you hook the turn yeah. there. Um, yeah. A player I have plummeting down the draft board is Travis Etienne. Uh, not whether it's warranted or not, just because yep. it's so easy to see the Tank Bigsby hype. <laughs> and you know what happens. This is like Bigsby goes in the 12th round to the 10th round. ETN goes from the late second, early third to the fourth. So I could see a situation where it may not be warranted, but it's going to happen. Are you drafting Travis ETN in the late third roundish this year? I mean, there are a lot of people that really like Tank Bigsby. It's kind of, I, I think it's the name. He has a sweet name. People, Best name. You know, just want, yeah, right. So, I mean. I, How come Tank Dell's not getting the same love? <laughs> yeah, because he, yeah, he's, he's a mini tank. But right. um, yeah, I, I think Tank Bigsby's, fine like i don't think he's an exciting prospect and i mean a day two draft capital okay i i i buy that the, you know, the jags don't want to make etn this you know 22 to 25 touch per game type of player it's going to be a committee 30 30 out of 32 backfields are committees like it's 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 the extent of the workload split we need to figure out um i don't think i don't think bigsby is gonna get enough work to be like a standalone fantasy option. I think, I think he's a handcuff and he's a, a high end handcuff. And um, I think ETN's fairly priced right now. I think he's going, you know, late, late third, sometimes early. I think that's where he belongs. Right. Um, so if he, if he drops further, if he gets into the, you know, back half of the fourth or whatever, I I'd definitely be buying there. Yeah. I mean, it's not, again, not what's actually going to happen. I'm just trying to predict the psychology and yep. they're going to say nice things about Bigsby and that's going to drop ETN half a round 
a full round. He's going to get the Kenneth Walker treatment before we know it, right? I mean, it, and that's another one. Like, Kenneth Walker, I can't even believe. I saw him go in the sixth round yeah. of underdog. Now, I know it's wide, re, it's wide receiver bros there that are pushing that down. But before we steer too far away, Kenneth Walker, I mean, it's still the same players last year. What do you think the uh, Charbonnet effect is going to be for 2023? Yeah, I mean, round six, I'm a big time buyer on Walker. I think, I think round That's... five, he's worth taking. I mean, I think Charbonnet is good. I think Walker is the better runner. I think what he did his final college season and what he did as a rookie in the NFL. I, no, I do think Charbonnet is probably likely the better pass catcher, and I do think he's going to take some of that work, which hurts. But yeah. I think, I think people have sort of overdone it with the uh, with the Walker dip in ADP. I'm here with Jared Smola. Everyone knows Jared from Draft Sharks. You follow him as I do at Smola DS. Uh, Jared, any podcasts or uh, written work that you want to bring everyone's attention to before we move forward? Yeah, the Draft Sharks podcast. Um, and then all you know, all the written stuff is up. I, I did just publish our first uh, te- uh, you know round by round draft guide for the season, sort of taking an in depth look at you know how how I'm attacking these twelve team drafts. So that that's up on the site right now. All right, uh, Jared's also a really fun follow. Pulls out a lot of good analytics. Gives. Um, gives his opinion and both sides of it doesn't make any declarative statements just puts the facts in front of you jared i think you're laughing but i think you're one of the most valuable uh, followers on twitter because you're you're putting facts out there and then drawing some conclusions but leaving it open for everyone to draw their own conclusion i think that's why you've had uh, a lot of credible longevity in fantasy football we're talking about players that we predict will plummet down draft boards I guess I've um, been very vocal to my inner circle, but I just don't understand why anyone is drafting Brees Hall in round three, four. Mm. doesn't matter. Uh, it's just you will usually make money in fantasy football fading injury optimism. And, Jared, this yeah. was a week seven ACL. ACL is a serious yeah. injury. So Brees Hall, plummet, is, is he plummet worthy once we get closer to Labor Day? I think – you know, if they sign Dalvin Cook, which you know, we we've heard whispers about, or one of these other Frazier backs, then then Hall will plummet. Um, if if they don't, I don't I don't think he will. Honestly, I think there's enough optimism on him for you know the the brief sample we got on him last year. The fact that he was a high end prospect, the fact that I think people do want to buy into the Jets' offense, I, I do think round three is kind of where he's going to stay. If they don't sign someone, if they don't sign someone too, I think that's a good you know good sign about his health. All right, here and that's a very re- that's what the mar- the market believes what you just said, and yep. that's where I'm starting to be like, oh my god! I mean, literally everyone's running this way and I'm running that way. <laughs> it's just that week seven, eight. Uh, let's say he's ready because usually it's like return to play in about ten months, return to yep. full health in about eighteen months. So ten months is around week one. Yeah, you know, I I had um I I kind of jokingly said that James Conner is going to outproduce Brees Hall this year because I'm going to get a six week head start. You know, I mean that's <laughs> yeah. give me a six week head start and I got it. But you know, take out James Conner, put in Damian Pierce, put in Miles Sanders, yeah. anyone who's going a starting running back to give me a six week uh, head start. Now, it's just that a week seven ACL man. I just think that with the, given the options that you have in the third round. Najee yep. Harris, DK Mag, whoever your favorite third. Sometimes the elite quarterbacks are in the third round. You're going to take a week seven ACL player. I believe that's a bad bet. And it's if you're wrong, like let's say Brees Hall is you know eighty percent of himself, you don't yeah. get burnt on that pick because the player you took is an elite option. Also, yeah, yeah. So I'd say a couple things. One, I think the way Hall was trending last year before he went down, like. He might have been a first round pick this year. He would have been the one he, one, a defensible one one, Jared. Maybe, maybe, right? So you're you're already getting, you know, a two, two and a half round discount for the sale. The other thing I'll say is if we're talking best ball in like these big tournaments specifically, if Hall has a big stretch, it's probably gonna come late in the season when you need it to win these best ball tournaments, right? So I do I'm less interested in Hall in your, you know, standard 12 team home league lineup setting. Cause I do think, you know, he, he might be a detriment for the first month or two of the season, but in these basketball tournaments, when you want upside and you specifically want upside late in the season, I think that's when Hall is most interesting. All right. Who else do you have fallen down the draft boards by the time everyone does their home leagues in labor uh, around labor day. How about Deandre Swift? I feel like he's already sort of a polarizing player. Like a lot of, he has, he has some fans, a lot of people, you know, think the guy sucks i'm sort of somewhere in between i think he has a role 
I don't think his role is ideal in Philadelphia. You know, again, a run heavy offense, at least last year, didn't throw their running backs hardly at all. The reason I think he might fall, though, is because I, I just think Rashad Penny is a much better runner. And I think Penny, you know, assuming he stays healthy throughout August, is going to kind of emerge as, as the clear early down guy in the back. I think you know, Swift's going to handle the passing downs for sure. He'll mix in early downs as well. Uh, but I, I think Penny is going to emerge in August as, you know, the, the guy you, you're going to want in that Philly backfield. Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Swift's already what a seventh round pick right now. So yep, you think, like you think as it becomes clear that Penny is the lead back and that all the other pieces are just ancillary, we might be yep. talking about eighth and ninth round DeAndre Swift by Labor Day. I think so. I think it's where it should be going, especially if you're talking, you know, like half PPR and an underdog. Interesting. So, Oh, wow. That, that, this is shot. Cause I already thought we were getting a deal on Deandre Swift. I didn't even thought about it like that. We had someone, by the way, that you basically persuaded, uh, Terry in the chat who said that he's rethinking his life on George Kittle now. So just, <laughs> just remember you're rethink, you're, you're really persuading people here, moving the needle. So, uh, I, that's why I love having you on. You do make a persuasive case and you've had accurate rankings in the past. So it's hard to, uh, dismiss you there. Um, recently we had some news uh, this week about Jordan Addison, doing the uh, speeding 150 and a 40 in a 55 or whatever it was, something like that, non-alcohol related. So is he an obvious plummeter or do you think fantasy drafters are going to ignore that and just keep taking him in that sixth to seventh round range? I don't, I don't think he's going to drop much. Um, I don't know. What's the, what's the sentiment out there? Are people expecting him to be suspended? Cause I'm definitely not. I, no. I mentioned um, last night on Twitter that, you know, Marquise Brown had a very similar issue last season. Uh, with, you know, he was going well over 150-mile-per-hour zone or whatever and, you know, was not suspended. So I don't expect Addison to be suspended. I don't think he, I don't think he should move in ADP based on based on this. The pro, the only thing that, that's different than Brown, Marquise Brown and this is that we're in the post-Henry Ruggs thing, and these are two different cases. They're not even close to yeah. similar, but that's where a lot of the, the public perception is going to go, right? And again, yep. it's not yep. saying what should happen. We're trying to predict what will happen. So I think, we, yeah, maybe, like, there'll be a temporary dip like, it, it, I mean, underdogs got like 50 drafts an hour popping off. So in these drafts, while the news is breaking, sure, maybe instead of taking him, you're going to take, you know, Burks or, you know, whoever else is in there. Maybe you're going to take a tight end. But like you said, as people forget, just like the news cycle. A um, couple other, other pieces here. Joe Mixon has had a yo-yo ADP. Uh, <laughs> drops when he thinks he's going to get cut. Now he's signed, then he's rebounded a little bit. Is Joe Mixon someone that's going to plummet, do you believe? And where do you think that you should draft Joe Mixon, being that he's in the good offense, lead yep. back? What's Joe Mixon's story? Is he a good pick in the fourth, fifth round? Oh, yeah. I, Mixon is my most owned running back right now because I have been scooping him up in you know, around five, six when he's been there because I just I never bought the Joe Mixon getting cut thing for a Bengals offense. It's obviously you know trying to win a Super Bowl this year and they weren't going to, you know, go into the season with Chase Brown and, and Travion Williams. So we'll see about the, the suspension thing. I'm, I'm not banking on it. I think it's possible considering Just his explain past. what that is though, Jared. Cause a lot, cause that's not, that hasn't been a headline, the Joe Mixon suspension thing. Yeah. Well, he had, he had the incident, what uh, they did a couple days before their playoff game versus the bills uh, last year. And of course, um, you know, he, he had some incidents in, in college as well. So there's a bit of a history there. So there is some suspension risk on Mixon. Um, but even, you know, whether it comes this year, I think is a question. It's definitely something that, you know, if you see this, the legal system, you draw this stuff out and it might even, you know, not come until 2024. Yeah. So if you go wide receiver early, I mean, there's still some great options. I mean, Mixon yeah. last year was like pick 10 to pick 16, depending on when you drafted. And now, Nothing is different, and you're getting him in round four. So might he yep. be a skyrocket guy instead of a plummet guy? Do you think once it's you know once yeah. training camp starts, you see him going in like right in the Tony Pollard somewhere between Pollard and Najee Harris? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's where he belongs, right? Like you know mid third, late third, third round. I have some concerns with Mixon even beyond the off field stuff, like the efficiency metrics were not good for him last year. I think he's, what is he, 27 or 28 now? So he's like, you know, probably past peak. I don't know if he's going to be an efficient player, but like if he's going to be getting 15 to 20 touches per game in the Bengals offense, all the goal line work. Like I, I don't see how he, he doesn't pay off as, you know, a third or fourth round pick. Anybody else that you see falling down the, uh, the ranks uh, that, that people it. should be aware of? 
Yeah, that was it for my list. Okay, cool. So then I have just a couple other things to ask you about here. Uh, draft strategy. You said that you just put out your draft strategy guide on Draft Sharks, and uh, if you send me the link, I'll add it to the video and audio description so people can click on that. Uh, without giving away too much, what is going to be your, you know, I know it depends on your draft slot, but if you're picking, yeah. you know, if you don't get Bijan, let's say you're picking a pick nine, because that seems, I seem to get pick nine a lot. So this is a selfish ask. Yeah. What, what is the draft strategy? Is it two wide receivers? <laughs> is it one and one? Yeah. Do you take any of the the elite quarterbacks? What do you think is the basic, and every league is different, but we're just talking PPR, mm-hmm. three receivers, two running backs, that type of stuff. Yeah, my my thing in drafts this year is like, trying to find the best spots where the wide receivers make more sense than their running backs. Cause I think there's just a lot of running back value out there. So sometimes I actually have to you know, force myself to, to get away from the backs, to take some wideouts. I, I have been starting most of my drafts with a wideout in the first round. I talked, you know, I, I think Cooper cup's a great pick in the mid first. I think, you know, Tyreek Hill now has been dropping out in the back half of round one. I like him there. Um, I have been generally scooping a running back in either round two or three, and that, you know, that Tony Pollard or Andre Stevenson, that type of range. And then I, I love the backs in like rounds five through seven, the Dobbins, Cam, Cam Akers, Dob, Dob, love Dobbins, Cam Akers. Um, you, know, you mentioned James Conner. I'm a, I'm a James Conner guy. It's not going to be pretty, but the guy's going to get touches, which is almost all that matters at running back when yeah, it comes just, to fantasy. Yeah. Just don't watch the game. Just look at the box. Exactly. Score. Exactly. Look at your fantasy points at the end. So I think um, I've been trying to get my RB2 in that, you know, tier and, you know, rounds five or six. Yeah. That's a, that's the one scary thing that I'm committing to Bijan is that it, that round one and two, the receivers are beautiful. And then if you want to take Najee round three or the players that you just identified there, uh, it just makes too much sense this year. And every, it, yeah. you know, you, you talk about Superflex, for example. So I know you love Superflex. You love to play in Superflex. Is it, uh, is your strategy the same? Is it like, just the eight quarterbacks and then, you know, w- when do you pivot to the wide receivers is really the question for drafters that are do do redraft super flex. Yeah. So, so for me, it's, for me, it's nine quarterbacks that like, I Who's think you make an argument they should be, uh, well, do you have Deshaun Watson? And Trevor okay. Lawrence? So that's the ninth. There you go. Yeah. There it is. Um, Watson or Lawrence. Did you kind of have not in there? No, I was again. The eight Lawrence and okay. Fields were in there. Watson, yep. I would put in there as the ninth, but yep. I know that it's surprisingly he fall. I just did a super flex redraft, yep. and I got him in round two. So I, for some reason, there's people scared off on him, thinking that he's last year yep. Watson rather than the five years plus of sample that we already have on Watson. Exactly, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I love Deshaun Watson, so I'm, I'm willing to take him in round one and super flex. After those guys are off the board, I I kind of like waiting at that point and just you know grabbing a couple more. I think I think Kyler Murray is a great pick in super flex. I know you know he might not be usable for the first you know six eight weeks of the season, but eleven. I still think I don't, I don't know. I, we'll see. I'm, I'm I like no doctor, I like the pushback but... here because you know like yeah. you said, what if Arizona is two and nine? Is is that a reason to play Murray because it doesn't matter, or is that a reason to not? Play Play Murray. Again, I mean, you talked about like new coaching staff. Like they're they're going to want to win. I don't I, I don't think they're going to just sit on him if he's medically cleared, right? It's a, I think it's a doctor's decision. But if he's cleared, I, I do think he'll be out there, and he, he won't be the top eight fantasy quarterback he, he's been, you know, through his career so far. But I do think he can be useful as a guy that's going at what like quarterback twenty four in ADP. Like I think you take Kyler, and then you know I like. Um, I think I think Bryce Young is a nice super flex pick. I think um, you know Jared Goff is someone I like down in that range as well. So I think you can like pair two of those guys together behind behind a stud and definitely be fine in super flex. Even if you're a super flex player that doesn't like to take the second elite quarterback and you really just want to punt, uh, I know this is a terrible thing that could. I mean, listen, there's no risk in in saying a bad quarterback, but Baker Mayfield's got really good mm-hmm. receivers and he's in a prove it type of year. he's going after some non-starters right now in Superflex draft. Like, Will Levis goes ahead of him, right? I mean, other players that are, you know, like you talked about Howell and Ritter, those guys aren't guaranteed to play a full season. Baker, more or less, uh, anything less than disastrous is going to play a, a, you know, start the first six or eight games. Um, So uh, Baker, even though it's it's been bad so far, QB 34-ish, wherever he goes, I'm taking him there. the uh, Ravens offense. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, Lamar Jackson, easy to see the case as the QB one overall, even though you're getting him at QB four to six range. Yeah, I think he has that upside. Um, I, I wouldn't bet on him outscoring at least Allen and, and Hertz. Um, 
because I think those guys, you know, have just as much rush or not, not as much rushing upside, but, you know, big rushing upside. And I think are, have better passing projections. Though I do think, you know, Lamar um, definitely should be more uh, effective and, you know, just have more volume as, as a passer this season. Biggest mistake that you see fantasy drafters make, even experienced ones in our redraft leagues. Um, again, you know, the, there's a formula to, to drafting fantasy football. Obviously you want to land on the right players, but Sometimes we get in our own heads. We make mistakes in drafts. What's something you want to caution people about when they're in the redraft leagues this year? The biggest mistake I see people making is just not prioritizing upside enough. And it's especially true when you get into the later rounds. I do think it even should be you know near the top of your mind in the early rounds. But for me, once I get to and, – and I guess this is this is talking um, – well, I guess it's talking all formats, but like specifically lineup setting leagues where you do have a waiver wire to churn through guys throughout the season. For me – when I get to round like 10 at that point, I'm almost assuming that I'm going to end up dropping these players. Like I only want to be taking players that if they hit can actually be difference makers for me, or at least be starters for me. And if not, you know, I'm going to dump them in and, you know, work, work the wire throughout the season. You know, that statement about you're going to drop players that in the double digit rounds anyway, this is the reason in my leagues where I still have kicker and defense, why I take Justin Tucker in round 12, because you're gonna, you're not gonna drop Justin Tucker. He's going to be a top five kicker, and he's got a week thirteen buy. So by the time you have to rotate him out, you already know if you're making the playoffs or not. So, yep. uh, are you signing off on a round twelve, round thirteen, Justin <laughs> Tucker, or is that just I, too cockamamie for you? No, I get, I get the argument. It makes sense. Um, personally, when I'm in drafts, there's always like someone else. I'm like, I gotta have this guy. He has it upside. I'm looking for, I can't spend this 12th round pick on Tucker. I gotta have this other guy. So I'm usually not the Tucker drafter, but I, I do think, I do think your argument makes, makes sense. But think about, okay. What if I told you that, uh, a non Tucker, let me say like, just say like the yeah. jets kicker, right? Whoever that's going to be is going to finish as kicker one. Only, you know, that no one else in the world knows it besides you. I, I gave you a crystal ball. Where would yep. you draft him? knowing that you have this information, the number one kicker in fantasy football, where would you draft that player if only you knew that he existed? I would draft him one round of he- ahead of whatever his ADP is. <laughs> right? Like- <laughs> Very re- it's, like, it's like the Tom Brady argument. If you knew Tom yeah. Brady was going to be Tom Brady, you wouldn't take him in round six. You wouldn't risk it. Right. But you would only take him in round five. Like You wouldn't take him in round three. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe I think I think the Brady argument is a bit different than the, the top kicker in fantasy. But I mean, I get I get what you're saying. It's just even Tucker. Like I'm I'm I can't believe you made me pull up kicker stats when I'm pulling up kicker stats. Like, <laughs> we do we I do mean, everything on this podcast. He, yeah, I mean, so like Tucker finished in this scoring system. He finished court, er, kicker two last year, but even then, like he's 16 points ahead of kicker 12. So he's giving you an extra point a game. Like, I just I don't think you're getting a I mean, you're getting an edge in safety. I guess. Like, you know, Tucker's going to be a top five kicker, but I still don't think on a weekly basis you're gaining a huge edge by having Tucker. Who was kicker one in that format, the the rankings you pulled up? Jason Myers. Right. And how far ahead was he of kicker 12? 
He was one point ahead of Tucker. So okay. Was, All right. So more points. or less the same thing here. Yep. Um, yep. Last question for you, Jared. Uh, by the way, if you like videos like this, everybody, consider hitting the like button and subscribe to the Rotowire YouTube channel. Uh, you um, you guys are pumping out tons of videos on YouTube yep. as well. Uh, tell them where, how they could find the Draft Sharks YouTube channel. Yeah, it's Draft Sharks Fantasy Football on YouTube. I subscribe to that. So go subscribe to that. Subscribe to this channel. And like I said, if you're watching this video, if you wouldn't mind hitting that heart button, that helps us out as well. If there's, I didn't prep you for this, so it's okay if you need to think it through. I'll kill time. A rule change in the NFL that you think would really be either good for the fans, good for the players. So if there's one rule, if you were the commissioner, Jared Smola, and I said you could change any rule, as crazy as it could be, what? and I didn't prep you, so you know this is almost not fair to you, but you're a, you're a quick thinker. What would be that yeah. rule change in the real NFL? Yeah, there's nothing crazy. I would just get rid of extra points altogether. Maybe have like a um like a one point try from the one yard line and like a you know two point try from the the three and maybe even so like, like a play point try yeah yeah so yeah maybe maybe expand the you know two point conversion give teams like a one two and a three point option or something like that just get rid of the extra point you know right need it. it's it's literally the most boring play in the NFL yeah. um and do they do that in some of the other ancillary leagues do they put uh. Like they you know, I got to admit, I'm not, I'm not into the ancillary leagues at all. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, NFL or, or college football or, or bust for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, you brought up college football. Who's, uh, I just want to ask you a couple guys lightning round here quick. JSN in the sixth round, fifth round, wherever he's going, seventh round. Are you taking him this year? I'm fine with him there. The reason I don't have more is cause I, I still prefer Tyler Lockett straight up. Yeah. So, you know, and, and they're kind of, they're kind of close in ADP. Now you kind of almost do have to make that decision in a lot of drafts. In preparation for this podcast, I look back. You uh, you were on Wandell Robinson. I thought that was a good pick until he got hurt. Who's yep. uh, somebody that goes in those rookie drafts in like the second round, maybe a late round in best ball? It doesn't matter if it's a wide receiver or running back. Who's somebody that you found yourself? You know, you're not you're not planning a flag, but you just keep drafting because you see the case. I've taken some shots on Cedric Tillman, um, who I liked as a prospect. And again, I'm just in on that Browns offense and passing game in particular. So I have a lot of the Sean Watson teams, and I'll just take Cedric Tillman in the last round of these best balls. All right, follow Jared as I do, at Smola, S-M-O-L-A-D-S for Draft Sharks. He's a great follow on Twitter. You can follow me, at Alan Seslowski. And right now, Rotowire is letting you peek behind our paywall for free. So if you want to check out our draft kit, our fantasy football rankings, everything, right now you could just go to rotowire.com forward slash pod, P-O-D, and the paywall unlocks for two days. You just put in your email, the paywall unlocks. There's nothing to cancel. There's no credit card. Isn't that the most annoying thing when you have to like put a credit card in somewhere, Jared, and then like a Spotify or Apple Music, and then it auto-renews. You're like, no, no, I just wanted to get the free trial. So with Rotowire, you don't have to do that, everybody. All right, we'll be back next week with another Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Noise, noise. The sun goes down on my side of town. That lonesome feeling comes to my door. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.